0: Local community podcasting looking good when you're auto sharing your show. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 89 on November 9th, 2016. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of content at Spreaker and Adore FM. Thanks for downloading us or just clicking play to hear us today on the web or in our app. Um, the main topic this week uh, that we're going to cover is uh, local community podcasting. We're going to be talking about that topic and what its future is. And our tip of the week is looking good when you auto share your show or your podcast. With me again is Alex XM, who's the host of the XM Experience Show on Spreaker. Welcome, Alex, again. Hey, Rob. How you doing, buddy? Doing terrific. We stream this show ever alive. Every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpeakerLiveShow.com. Alex, it's uh, great to be talking about local community podcasting and and, and sharing. Those are are really important topics to, to cover for podcasters. Do you feel the same?
1: Absolutely. As you know, I do have a show, but it's gone a little bit more local because I'm actually doing the same type of show on uh, the radio station, the local uh, KLBP.FM out here in Long Beach. So I love local. I think that's what our city has been missing. That's why I'm so glad it's coming. And when I hear podcasts that are locally done and there's only actually one other one that I actually know of here in Long Beach, I tend to listen more because they're talking about things that are happening upcoming in the weekend that I can actually do uh, important political things that are happening in my area. And, uh, sometimes it's even something as simple as like the marathon coming. I remember, you know, I got that from a local, uh, uh, guy here in Long Beach. So yeah, I love local. I know that's the one thing, Rob, you're a former radio guy. They always used to talk about, right. Hyper local. We want local, 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 local. And the radio's gotten away from that. So I think podcasters can maybe jump in and, and, uh, take that opportunity to pick up the slack there.
0: So do you think that there's any um, kind of delay in the opportunity uh, around local podcasting? Um, I've shared my thoughts a little bit that it may be a little premature to have a, a massive explosion in kind of local community podcasts. But I think it's not too early to talk about the idea and making and starting to work on projects like this, because I think there's an opportunity in the long run. What's your thought i mean where's the opportunity yeah
1: well and it well i i mean i think sometimes about like i know we're going to talk a little bit about low power fm but let's say an area that's not serviced by local radio or even big radio it could be something very rural that is an area i think it would be very beneficial. You know, if you had a a local podcast about community news, it could be a very small town. You know, I think of places, I don't know why it just popped into my head, but I'm thinking about a place like Martha's Vineyard, who has like a tiny little, you know, radio station. But if you had, you know, specific areas, neighborhoods that had someone who was willing to, you know, put out local news, community events, I, I think it's a good idea. I can't see how it hurt. Now, I don't know how massive the audience would be, If you're gonna, if I'm like, for example, I'm in, uh, we're both in big cities, right? You're in the Seattle area, Rob. I'm here in Long Beach, so we've got massive populations. If we did a local show, you know, potentially you've got, you know, here in Long Beach, I've got 400 some odd thousand people just in Long Beach, LA. It's in the millions, so. You could do a local show. I could do a local LA show that would have potential to be pretty big. Um, There's already a ton of those, though. I would say if you're in a big market, you know, some people are doing that already. But very, what is it? Let's say a micro market. I don't even know if that makes sense. But an area that's rural and they don't have any kind of media like that. Why not? You know, why not? If you're looking for a big audience, though, it may not work. And if you want to monetize, I don't know how you're going to do that. But
0: well, I think it's still early for some of those things. Um, You know, I think if you look at community-level sports, uh, community-level news and coverage of things that are going on in those communities, um, I mean, a lot of local newspapers have gone out of business, you know, and right. d- yeah. disappeared. So there is less of a, a layer of communication happening at the local level. Now, granted, you could make, make the statement that uh, maybe people are becoming less and less uh, focused on local News and local activities. Maybe their most of their time is spent online, and they tend to look um, outward, not um, in the local community as much. But I, I kind of wonder about that. Is it because that there's no communication happening locally, or is it because people don't have an interest in knowing what's happening in their community? I think that's that's probably, a, you know, it's a, it's kind of a double edged question. Um, if there's no communication happening, then people have nothing to connect with. So it's, it's a chicken or the egg kind of situation with local media, I would imagine. And this low power FM uh, movement that's happening, what is it like over 2,000 or about 2,000 new radio stations that are popping up in cities all across the country is maybe bringing a spotlight to this again, especially around audio.
1: Yeah, and that's why I think they reopened the LPFM window was because of the reason that they everyone was complaining that there is no more local radio. They were all gobbled up by the iHeart radios and the Cumulus and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah. you know, they're trying to, I guess, rectify it and give you know local broadcasters the opportunity. And from what I, the, the feedback that we get, and when I tell people about this, when I'm out and you know people at the, involved with the radio station, tell me that the response they get is pretty positive. Like I've never heard anyone say, Oh, we don't need that. We've got, you know, hot 98 or hot 97, you name it, you know, the local pop station, the local, you know, uh, hip hop station, whatever there's, they know that that's there. Like we, we never hear people say, Oh, how are you going to compete with them? Everyone loves the idea. A lot of people want to v- volunteer, get involved, donate things like that. So I think people are hungry for it. That's how I feel. it. I'm in a big city, you know, maybe it's not going to be, um, I don't know how it is up there where you are, Rob. I know actually in the um, I don't know if it's it is Seattle. They have yeah. a great LPFM. Uh, is yeah. it KPX? Oh, KEXP maybe. Yeah. Does that ring a bell?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's more of a public radio thing. It's a radio station too. I mean, it's a it's got a pretty powerful signal. I wouldn't classify it as a low power FM. Oh, they're or not in, they're like not that. an LPFM. Yeah. I thought they
1: were an LPFM, yeah. but there are. Smaller stations, that is a smaller station, I would say. And, and, you yeah, know, it's yeah. Not, it's still a smaller station. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's smaller stations that people love and adore. They have a huge following. I mean, I know about them and I'm in Southern California. I do have a cousin who lives up in that area. Um, but I found about out about them on my own. They just play really a, an eclectic yeah. uh, mix of music. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a music station primarily. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, but, you know, podcasting and radio, it's like they're two different animals because – you can get people who are going to pick up your show just because they're in their car commuting and they pick up the the signal right so you, you can get it kind of luck of the draw that's hard to get with podcasting where people are just going to find you just kind of like yeah. uh, you know unless it's a recommendation for a friend or something right it's a, the podcasting community is a massive sea Right of options, but when you're yeah. in your car, you only have limited options. On the yeah, time. it's only
0: what's on your uh, your radio dial there. And I yeah. think that the reason that this is coming up more is because of low power FM, because of the fact that th- those are locally focused content creators. Just use an example in the Seattle market. There, there's like six or eight low power FM stations that are getting fired up right now. And if you really think about, That many, wow, yeah. And if you think about. That kind of coverage in the city, they're, they're kind of scattered around. But, you know, those six or eight stations could cover a significant uh, population. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, some
1: of these yeah. uh, stations will get, you know, they can broadcast. Uh, they get, it's like 100 watts, right? LPF. It's not yeah. a lot. It's not like fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 watts. But depending on how they run, I'm learning all this stuff through KLBP, depending on how they, where the tower is, how it's placed, how it's positioned, how, how it is, there's regulations on all that. You can get some pretty good distance and you could go after you've done, I believe, I forget the cutoff time, I don't know if it's eight months or a year, you can ask to turn up the wattage even more. Uh, Mm -hmm. To like, you know, you could get like 200 miles or something. I forget what the the actual numbers are. Don't quote me on that. Maybe that's wrong. But uh, the radio, not 200 miles, maybe it was two miles, a two mile radius, excuse me. But uh, that covers a big area in a city like this. So that's all I'm saying. You know, you can you can cover a lot of ground if you're if you have seven like that, seven or eight. That's wow. We don't have yeah. that many. I mean, we do have a lot coming. There's two in Long Beach that I know of, and then LA has some others. But that's a lot. Is that just your area or the entire? Yeah, state?
0: yeah. That's well, that's in kind of Western Washington area. Yeah, okay. it does go oh, like wow. like down down to Tacoma and other other places that are kind of outside of the metro area of of uh, uh, Seattle see. per se. But um, but it does offer a kind of like a a, a glimpse of what the opportunity could be for podcasting because i mean a lot of little stations just like, you know, with the rate, the low power FM station you're working with. Um, they're looking for content. They're, they're trying to produce content because the FCC requires that uh, a low power FM station has, have a certain amount of community focused programming. I believe it's 10 hours a week. Yeah, exactly. As a base minimum. Now, a lot of these stations are going to be music focused. Um, but, There's going to be a certain amount of uh, talk programming that's available on these stations, and as that is developed, um, there there may be opportunities for that low power FM stations to reach a, a, a larger listener base in that local city just based on online distribution and streaming. It's a movement that I think time has come, and I guess probably what we should talk about next is you know what kind of content should be produced here that will potentially reach that local community. And, and I think the consensus that I've come across is, is that um, if you're a podcaster, you should consider doing a local show and bring your knowledge and skills to local podcasting to start creating a positive difference in your community. If you have time, it may not generate a lot of income for you at the beginning, but it's hard to say what will happen. I know um, a few years ago, there was a lot of community blogs that, that started up uh, I know up in the Seattle area I know in the the area where I live called uh, West Seattle they have a West Seattle blog that uh, actually gets a lot of uh, traffic and gets um, a lot of local attention um, there's no reason why that couldn't be combined with a um, a podcast or, a, or or a show that covers the same stuff now granted it's it's a little easier to, to read um, but there may be an opportunity to, to combine these mediums together to create um, more of an opportunity locally that appeals to people that like to read and to listen. Um, but I think podcasters getting into this need to think about um, getting in touch with their neighbors, friends, business owners, and civic leaders in their areas and come up with uh, some ideas on what kind of shows and topics could be covered that would help the community and, and be appealing to that that listener base or that potential audience. So what's your thought on that, Alex?
1: Yeah, I think podcasters should reach out if they have anyone in their mm-hmm. um, immediate area that they hear about a LPFM. A great resource for that, by the way, is radiosurvivor.com. They have a good blog where they have a section on LPFM. They've slowed down a bit because there haven't been many new announcements. Everything's kind of – we're just kind of waiting now as people build their stations out. But a great resource. You can find out there usually if there's a LPFM in your area and – Listen, at uh, KLBP.FM, we are constantly looking for content. We are dying for fresh new content. We're dying to get people to broadcast live as well. But if you have a pod, I mean, you could submit it to us. Go to klbp.fm. We'll take a look at it and listen. If it's something we can play, we will do it. We have people who are doing shows that are remote. In other words, they don't live in California, right? Um, You know, depending on the content, obviously. If they're doing a local show on Seattle, for example, Rob, we probably wouldn't play that here. But if they're doing a general podcast on, I don't know. Cars or vacationing or whatever, you know, I I heard a good one the other day on microbrews, right? So we're looking for everything. And a lot of these LPFMs will be too. Folks, LPFM, people got to realize this isn't like iHeartRadio where they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, some people will have more than others, but like us, we're looking for donations. You know, it's a nonprofit group that founded this, so there's not a lot of money. So they're looking for people to volunteer, to submit shows and content. And I would suggest to any podcasters, just reach out to them. That's what I did. That's how I got in contact with the people I'm working with. And there's actually other LPFMs I may work with in LA. So I think it's ripe for it, Rob. I mean, think about it. If you, if you have let's say you already have a local show. Why wouldn't you want to get it on the air? I, I don't understand. Like, I don't see why anyone wouldn't want to know. Maybe it's something that wouldn't be appropriate for the radio. Maybe it's a little racy. You know, there's, you yeah. know, we, we have some people that have commented on our show that have had some kind of racier subjects that may not be appropriate for a general broadcast, let's say. Okay. You know, so you've got to kind of question whether it would be appropriate, but I think for the most part, they're looking for folks, they're looking for content. We're looking for content, submit it. The the one thing I would say, and this is just at, at KLBP, the, not anybody else, but I'm just saying on our side, we are looking more for talk at this point because, there are a lot of DJs. There's a lot of people who will spin records. We're, we're still looking, so submit. But if, you have a, if you're have if you a podcaster that's doing a talk show, and obviously you should be because we always talk about copyrights here, Rob, right? You shouldn't be doing yeah. the whole licensed music thing. But reach out to them. I'm telling you. And not that DJs and stuff shouldn't as well, but I don't know if uh, a, a music podcast is something they'd be looking for until they get their licensing squared away. That's something we had to deal with, right? The music licensing thing. Um
0: but talk yeah, radio. You don't yeah, have that problem. That's a challenge. I mean the whole yeah. whole music thing and it's gonna cost that station money to to, to play music. So a lot. it's just a matter <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of getting content in there that um, doesn't cost them money and it provides value to listeners to start building an audience and and then it then the whole thing starts to to work and it starts to make sense. Um, and and you're not going to make money at the beginning doing this, um, but there, there's probably no limitations on being able to get, you know, like maybe a, a a local supporter of your program on on board, you know. So, Alex, as you guys look at it um, from your station, would a show coming in be able to support a local sponsor on the air?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that we're looking at now. I have a sponsor for one of my shows, but this is a a app. So it's not a local sponsor per se. They're, they're actually based in New York City. But um, there are people that I've already considered go, going out to. Now, our tower isn't built. We're streaming online at klbp.fm, but we don't have the tower up. So that is a much more attractive um, advertising pitch when you can say, look, we're going to be broadcasting to the entire city, right? Then they're really interested. At this point, streaming online, I don't know how much um, bang for your buck. We do have numbers. Don't get me wrong. We have listeners, um, especially on Fridays when we have some of the you know newer shows that are launching. My show's on Fridays at five. What I'm getting at here, once the tower goes up, Katie bar the door, because I don't think this will be a hard sell. There is no Long Beach Radio right now. They don't have an opportunity unless they want to spend a lot of money. And when I say a lot, eh, you can get radio spots that aren't terribly expensive on some of these other stations, but we will be much more reasonable. And they're not traditional advertising because it's a low-power FM nonprofit. You can only do certain things with adver- – I don't want to get into it. That's a whole conversation unto itself. Uh, kind of it, it, People are familiar with the NPR-type plugs where they'll, they'll mention the sponsor, a little bit yeah. of info, but it's not – okay.
0: So yeah, that – it's not a commercial ad. It's not a. It can't have really a, a call for a specific action or a, or a price or anything like that. It has to be just like a, a branded message.
1: For example, uh, this yeah. show of Spreaker Live shows is sponsored by Spreaker. Go to Spreaker.com to start your podcast today, and then that's it. I mean, really, you can't do a heck of a lot more than that. Yep. Um, but... You can't. How much can you, you can't charge? A, 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 you can if you have, let's say, you're getting grants and foundations who are interested. But the local guy, who the dog walking service, the dry cleaner, you know, the car dealership, you can approach them with a very reasonable package, right? Where it's not going to cost them a lot of money, and you give them plugs for for the month. And, you know, they, they get good press. It looks like they're supporting the community. They get some customers and you make a little bit of money to keep the station alive. A lot of people need to understand LPFM. You, you said it, Rob. There's not a whole lot of money to start off with. And in my experience from what I've read with all these LPFMs, I've done a ton of research they don't really turn at massive profits like these other stations, okay? You've got one or two people in there killing themselves that are, you know, you've got like maybe a station manager, the, you know, s- somebody who's maybe hopefully running down and beating down uh, uh, donations and sponsorships and things, ads, things like that. Other than that, it's a skeleton crew and you have volunteers usually coming in and doing their shows, spinning music, doing their local shows. You, I, I mean, I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression like a L- you're going to send in your podcast and LPFM, you know, is going to hire you to, uh, you know, you're going to start making, you know, I don't know, 50 grand a year. It's the, I mean, it could it happen. Uh, yeah, you could be the next radio star. I don't know. But I'm just saying in the beginning, especially, it's kind of a community group effort. Anyone who's done uh, any kind of community group, I, I used to do community theater. You know that you're at Goodwill, like putting your own costume together, right? You don't have, yeah. you don't have, you don't have a costume manager running around, you know, giving you all these, you know, uh, lavish uh, garb. So just, you know, I would suggest to people just be ready because you're going to have so many opportunities. And this is all over the country, folks. This isn't just Washington and, and L.A. This is all over the country. I can't think of a state right now that doesn't have at least one LPFM popping up.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's like uh, close to 2000 stations that are it's firing incredible. up right now. It's it, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of stations. And and they're all over the map from um, content around religion to content to, you know, about music, uh, talk programming. It's like the early days of radio. It was like, you know, I, frankly, the early days of podcasting. It was... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why these communities are so compatible with each other is that I think that the the motivations and the reasons for doing it are very compatible with each other. And so that's that's where the opportunity... But you need to go into it with your eyes open and realize that there's not a lot of money in doing this yet. Um, that's not to say that, that that will always be the case. And there is a high high risk, just like starting any podcast, that that your show or the content you're producing may not be viewed in, in the content community as, as noteworthy or, or, you know, of national prominence or anything like that. But most podcasts aren't, you know. But that doesn't mean that they... They won't find an audience and won't find listeners that connect with it, and that you can't start building a community around that show, even at a small level. So, um, And, you know, and Rob, who knows? you know,
1: Yeah, who knows? Sky's the limit. But you made me think of something after uh, what you just said there. I remember reading an article. This is when Spreaker – just started with iHeartRadio when you had that transition and you could pump out your show to iHeartRadio. Yep. And I remember reading it. I don't know if it was on the Spreaker blog. I, I don't think it was. It was like on an, an, an industry um, paper where they were talking about the whole deal. And it was either the head of content, I, or maybe it might've been the vice president, iHeartMedia. I don't know. Maybe you remember this article, but the guy had said that they are looking for the next Howard Stern, the next Rush Limbaugh to come out of podcasting. And that's why they were interested in a, a platform like yours, Spreaker, where they would have fresh new content, people who are passionate about audio and radio and podcasting, who they could maybe transition into radio and they might find the next big thing. Now, I don't know if that's happened,
0: right? But knowing well, I think that- it has to some degree. I think it has okay. to some degree. I'm not sure that the that the big personalities have come out of uh, podcasting that that is more traditional to what- radio is but I think that the big um, shows and content are coming out of it. I think podcasting uh, is not so much a celebrity driven driven medium like radio has been I think it's it's more of a content value and community connection um, uh, thing that's really made it made it work and it's a, I mean that's a very interesting question uh, is that radio has been you know focused on like the Howard Stern show, and the Rush Limbaugh show, and that kind of stuff, and very much high-profile personalities, right? Podcasting isn't necessarily like that. There is like the the This American Life show with the Ira Glass, and there's a few of them out there, but if you really think about it, most of the most popular shows out there are not necessarily done um, always by big-name personalities.
1: Um, Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah and... And also, I mean, I I, I don't know, like, let's say star quality, I guess that's what we're kind of talking about here, Um, or the X factor, whatever you want to call it, right, Rob? But like that, that uh, panache, I guess that you have to have for live radio, I I think from podcasting, it kind of, it it transfers. I mean, a lot of people would think, well, you're in front of a microphone, you're talking, it's exactly the same thing. No, live radio is very different from podcasting, but at the same time, it's a the tra- I I think everyone can see the transition, right? You have to learn a few new tricks, right? You have to learn to – in an instant of LPFM, you may ne- need to learn your own board, right? You may need to learn how to screen your own calls. That kind of stuff can be taught very easily. But the next, let's say, big thing, rush, whomever you want to call it, is out there. And my I'm putting my bet on podcasting. Where else are they going to
0: come from? Yeah, because well, they're not now- going to come from radio because people aren't starting out in radio. People are starting out on you know on digital. People are starting right. out on, on, on this side, not getting, that side.
1: Yeah, and not to like not an ageism thing here, right? Or anything, Rob. But the big guys no offense, they're getting old, man. All the big guys. <laughs> Rush is getting old. Michael Savage is getting old. Don Imus has got one foot in the grave. Half of these guys are getting ready to retire. Howard Stern is phoning it in. He's barely even on his own show. So where are these new people gonna come from? I know there's some hot shots currently in radio uh younger guys some of the younger i mean there's some guys like who have their own internet shows yeah uh, uh, ben shapiro alex jones some other political type guys but th- the market in my opinion is wide open with all these lpfms not that you you're going to be a huge star there but what i mean to, for, to transition from an lpfm to a cumulus or an iheart i mean yeah I mean, that's probably what, and, and when I go back to that article, that was this uh, CEO or VP's dream, right? He's hoping the next crop of people that he gets um, are going to already be a little seasoned. They, they already have a show that's running. They know how to use a microphone. They know how to build an audience. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's not like you're hiring some guy right out of college who went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. You know, yeah. you know, you know what
0: i mean? Yeah. Well, and, and just this, this past week, um, I heard radio, which is on, which is formerly clear channel, uh, just hired a new, um, VP in charge of, uh, their podcasting strategy. So they're, they're starting to go all in on podcasting as well. And that's this major radio network, you know, the, the largest in the country is jumping in, uh, with both feet here to create original content and original programming. And, and this is, a this is a network that has a lot of local radio stations, so not everything that they're going to produce is going to be a national caliber show, so or national level show. It's going to be there's going to be stuff that's local, and I. But Rob, have you heard your local radio recently? No, <laughs> have you heard no your local morning well, show. Well, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> We're no, not that's exactly super right. superstars. <laughs> but 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 the fact that they're that they're hiring people that are specifically focused on podcasting, um. Points in a direction of um, even the broadcast radio folks creating original programming in local local markets potentially, um, which which dovetails to what we're talking about here.
1: Well, I've um, heard podcasts. I have heard podcasts that are ten times better than the local afternoon drive time guy in some stations. Because I yeah. listen to because I have iHeartRadio. Obviously, anybody can have it, right? But I listen to radio all over the country. So I, you know, you can do that now, and I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, yeah, uh, some of those smaller markets, it's slim pickings. I've heard podcasters that would be ten times better than some of these guys that are making pretty good money on the radio. I'm yeah. just being honest. <clears throat> well, that,
0: that's going to probably change, right? Yeah, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of competition coming, especially with these LPFM's. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's move on and talk about our kind of our tip of the week, and this is focused on. Uh, Looking good when you auto-share your show on Spreaker. I wanted to talk about this, you know, with the announcement of our new CMS system, our content management system. uh, We basically created a kind of a new user experience around setting up auto-sharing of your podcast uh, to, you know, SoundCloud and YouTube and, and Tumblr and Facebook and Twitter and all these social platforms And other kind of consumption platforms as well. So, so when you hit publish, you know there's it it doesn't have to end there. You can you can set this stuff up to auto sent to all those platforms because as Alex and I know, and you know, as a podcaster, if you're listening to this, you're probably a podcaster. There's a lot of work involved in podcasting, and you have to. Um, get it out as quick as you can is, is ideal. So this auto-sharing capability that's built into to Spreaker is a, a pretty powerful tool to, to share it out. But I do want to caution everybody to some degree about auto-sharing too, is that uh, I know that Facebook does kind of um, not put as much of a focus on auto-sharing content that comes into their platform um, so you may still want to, specifically with Facebook, you still may want to, on some sort of regular basis or whatever, do um, manual post as well. You know, use the the Facebook app or website to actually post uh, your show content to them. But uh, Rob, do you
1: know if that's only a personal page or does that include a profile like business or podcast type page? Do you know? Probably both, I would think. I-
0: I think it's both. I mean, if you can log in to a, a particular page, I think it does work that way. I'm not exactly sure if there's a way that you can point it in a different direction. But if you have a different login, I'm sure that it would work. But as far as with Facebook anyway.
1: I'm just wondering um, how Facebook treats it. I, and not the login issue. I guess you'd have to just sync it up with face uh, with uh, excuse yeah. me, Spreaker to Facebook. But I'm wondering if they uh, would flag that too. Because a lot of those – there's different – um, I don't know what you, not algorithms. They, they treat different pages differently. So I think they're used to auto updates and things like that on profile or business pages, which you yeah. can create. I don't know if they do the same with uh, personal, because I think if it's a personal page, they get worried about people being spammy and businesses spamming friends,
0: stuff like that. So I don't know.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I guess, I'm, not on, I'm not even on Facebook, so I don't know why I care. I'm yeah, it's so users.
0: It, that's the whole point there is that Facebook prioritizes. Um, manual posts higher than they do auto posts. Right. Um so it's just that's not the case with the other social platforms, but Facebook is a little bit of a unique animal here that you need to keep that in mind. I mean the CMS system allows you to like I said publish out to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud and Tumblr currently. Um so those are and then obviously you can get your show into the iHeartRadio platform as well through and that, that is a little bit of an auto-publish system, um, but you have to submit to iHeart in order to get in there to begin with, where these other platforms, you just create an account and it automatically goes over there. Um, but but really, what you're doing is you're just guaranteeing that your show gets distributed to all these platforms in an easy and automated way, because it is all about getting plays and downloads. Um But it is also about building relationships and being regular with your audience too. And probably a lot of your audience um, looks to getting uh, notification or something like that about the availability of an episode on the social platforms. Um, But it is just – you know it's one of the – of options to getting and reaching your your audience.
1: Yeah, you got to get where the people – I just want to say one thing. You're right, Rob. You got to get where the people are. And if you're not on all these social media platforms – you're you're missing out on a lot of numbers that's my opinion because I'm yeah. telling you if you're not pushing it out to YouTube you could have an entirely separate audience I have an audience that I you know deal with on Spreaker I have another separate following on YouTube and Tumblr yeah. and in Twitter you know I use really more as a communication and to you know Uh, find information. Actually, I get a lot of news from Twitter. Uh, Don't use SoundCloud so much, but I have that auto-sharing feature. I just think people are crazy. If you're wondering why your show hasn't grown in a while, make sure you have at least an account for your podcast, if not your own personal account, so you can get it out there. Because I, I know myself, if I'm interested in someone, uh, let's say I, Oh, Rob Greenley, who's this guy? And I go to robgreenlee.com and I look this. I don't know how many other people are like this, but I always do this. I look to see what social media icons you have, because if I like what you're saying and I want to hear your podcast and what's going on with you, I want to either follow you on Twitter. I don't do Facebook, but I want to follow you on Tumblr or maybe SoundCloud, however you're doing it. So I get notifications. I don't want to forget about you when I find a good, you know, either a mentor, someone who's got great articles, a great podcast. So, it, it, it's a, it's, you'll lose people. You're going to lose people if they go and they want to try and follow you. And the, how so how do I listen to the next show? You just lost them. Why not yeah. have a Twitter set up where they can listen or a YouTube or a SoundCloud or a Tumblr? Maybe you don't have to have them all. I, I use all of them, but Facebook. I just have my own issues with Facebook. It's a personal decision. But th- it, like Twitter's a no brainer. YouTube's a no brainer. I mean, Tumblr, maybe that's up to you. SoundCloud. I, Rob, I don't know how you feel about SoundCloud. I just don't get a lot of listens from SoundCloud. It's never been a great platform for me for podcasts. I don't yeah,
0: know I mean, that. unless you're you're putting some significant effort into SoundCloud, um, it's it's probably not going to pay off for you that great. You know, I kind of look at it as a secondary distribution platform. Uh, I mean, if you're hosting on, on Spreaker, it, it is probably going to cost you some money to have an account over at SoundCloud because if you're producing it on a regular basis, you're going to need to have a... You know, you know, a higher level of plan with them to be able to to keep a flow of content flowing into SoundCloud because they are re-hosting the content. Hey, I was just curious, and I'm sure that uh, a lot of the listeners are curious too, um, kind of at a really kind of superficial level, why you're not on Facebook. Just curious.
1: Well, I think it's very invasive. I, I think there are way too many instances of Facebook manipulating users. They've done social experiments on yeah. them. Um, just, there's a ton of things. I don't like that Zuckerberg called his users dumb effers. Uh, I, I There's a lot about the company. I just don't like, and uh, they're very, um, what's the right word? Uh, I don't want to say liberal progressive. I guess that's not it, but they've been known to hide conservative articles and kind of push other agendas. Hillary Clinton being one of them. I don't want to get political. I know we just had a big night last night. I want I know we want to keep the show above the politics and the fray, but, some of it is political, Rob. Some of it is personal. Hey, let me give you an example. Can I, can I give you a, a hypothetical, Rob? Sure. Let me give you a hypothetical. You're sitting at home, right? You hear a knock at your door and the police show up. And they say, Mr. Greenlee, how are you today? You say, I'm hey, officer. I'm good. How are you? Uh, what, what's the problem? Nothing, Rob. We would just like to ask you a few questions and he hands you a clipboard, right? You go, well, what's this? He goes, listen, just, just do, this, do us a favor, right? Write down your name. Write down your address. I want your email address. I want your friends' names. I want your family's names. I want to know where you went to school. I wanna know you know, it gets better. Yeah. I wanna know where you've worked. I'd like to have you tag your friends, your your children, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, tag their photos and name them by name. I want you to put all that down on the clipboard, give that back to me. It's all voluntary, don't worry. And but and if you can Give me a lot of – give me all your photos, your photo albums as well so we can scan those as well. We'll keep those on file so they're secure, nice and secure for you. We'll tag those so we know who they are. We'll know where you worked. We'll know how – many. I mean it it never ends. And and that to me is too invasive. I I don't want them knowing all that about me. It got to the point – and here's another thing. That's that's a personal little thing. That's something you have to ask yourself, right? Here's another thing. It just becomes a bitch fest. Facebook is one big cry baby. Everybody, your people's personal problems, their political beliefs, and it doesn't do much for me. It was an incredible waste of time and I don't miss it. There was an article – I'm going on a rant here – but there was an article written recently when it said Facebook was – I did a whole show on this. Facebook is a lie. You only have four friends and you see these people with 1,200, 1,300 friends or everything, it's true. You, you probably can call upon three or four people to you know, to drive you to the airport, help you move, <laughs> you know, drop you yeah. off when you got to get the car repaired, you got a crisis yeah. and emergency. Those are your real friends. So Facebook's a lie. The whole thing's a fraud. It's a big ghetto. It's a big ghetto where everybody's been pushed in and now everybody's sharing their news and their family and their information and all their friends on Facebook and it's destroying what the internet should have been. People, The internet had this beautiful dream of where anybody could create whatever they want, create a website, create a business, have your own opinion, have your own show, stuff like we do, Rob. And what do they do? They all get cramped into the ghettos of Facebook and share a bunch of information like
0: cockroaches. <laughs> Tell us what you really think, Alex. You asked, Rob. <laughs> you could clearly make a case for all those things that you've said. I mean, I there's a lot of things that we give up um, to Facebook for... I think not that much coming back. So I think it's a it's an interesting paradigm that that we're all in and most of us in this country are are involved in Facebook and doing exactly what you're saying. So we are willfully participating in this sharing of a lot of personal information.
1: Yeah, Zuckerberg can go Facebook himself. I'm not a fan. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. That's my. You want my opinion, people. If you want to hear this type of thing, go here. Listen to my other show. This I don't usually do this here.
0: Yeah, asked, well, that's fine. You asked. That's fine. Those. Yeah, Sorry, Rob. Let's uh, move on and talk about the the whole auto sharing a little bit more. Um, one of the things that also happen with auto sharing is that uh, we are basically enabling you to uh, to display, let's say, some some artwork in in that's YouTube. That's great. So, if you, you know, it's almost like a little video replacement graphic that's put up there. Um, so, add a little bit of a visual element to your, your audio podcast. And, like Alex said, I think uh, sharing your show to YouTube is a good idea. So
1: and Facebook, I don't want people to hate me now because I just bashed Facebook. I don't blame you if you're on Facebook. I was on there for years, too. And look, it's one of the most popular sites right now. They're, they're doing a lot in video. I don't know how much podcasting goes on there. But, hey, it's yeah. another it's another place to get numbers. So I, I wouldn't knock anybody for doing it. And there's really uh, as far as social media, there's really nothing bigger. They have the biggest numbers. I
0: mean, those yeah. are the, the, that's the truth. Oh, it is it. It certainly is the truth. One of the advantages of using the CMS system to to share to um, these platforms is that you can add these graphics um, to your your auto player. You know, so you just go in and add a graphic to your your show episode. <clears throat> so and then that gets shared out. Also, so I mean, it's it's a very powerful tool. But you just have to, like Alex has expressed, you know, the, the, there's a little bit of a dark side to this too. Um, you just need to be aware of it. And Facebook is probably the only one that's kind of got some questions around it, uh, around really how, how effective it is to share audio content on Facebook, especially long-form content. People are constantly blowing through you know, lots of posts in there that they're not typically spending a lot of time Looking at any individual post, unless they connect with it at some deeper level and maybe they're commenting there or they're participating in that, um, that's the pattern that I see on Facebook is that that's, you know, if you have comment threads beneath your, your post, you're connecting with people and creating conversation. And I know that's what podcasting is kind of all about. So and go also, in and play Rob, with it and see how it works for you because each show could be a little different in their their, their experience in auto sharing. Yeah, Rob, and you just you made me think of something else. One very
1: powerful feature of Facebook is the Facebook uh, the video live thing because I know a lot of radios and uh, some podcasters I think are even you know using video as well, and that is kind of a big deal. You know, that for for example, KLBP when they have a station Facebook that's actually getting. You know, numbers. I think we have one. I don't know. I should know this, but uh, that would be something I think the station would probably do. And I'm sure a lot of LPFMs will incorporate video because video and radio are kind of merging in a weird way. And, you know, I mean, some of the big guys, Leo Laporte, right? Yeah. Um, they do a lot of video, um, a lot of radio stations. Alex Jones does too. Um, oh, yeah iMIS does right. They a lot. A lot
0: of them do actually. Now they think. Well, I mean, this. a lot of people uh, like to watch video, and a lot of people yeah. like to like to listen to audio. So, and sometimes those are different different groups of people. So that's why you see a lot of these um, larger media creators uh, doing video and audio, and frankly, written as well. Because uh, it's been proven in the stats that I've seen from other successful podcasters is that actually doing all three is the most successful strategy. Is it? Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. The shows that do all three typically grow faster than the shows that just do one of those three. Um, So that's been, that's been the pattern because people um, there's different groups of people that like different types of media. There's a group of people that like to read. I mean, just about everybody likes to read, but, there's people that prefer reading cause they can get in and out of the content quickly. And then there's others that like to just watch the video. And typically those are shorter. Um, and those people tend to have shorter attention spans. And then the, the audio side tends to cater to people that have a little longer attention spans. Um,
1: I would agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think you're, you're reaching different audiences by doing all three and I would definitely recommend that. Um, does, if, does Spreaker if you can have... Do oh, if Yeah, if you can do it. I mean, a lot of people don't have the time to do all three of those things.
1: Sure. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt, Rob, but a quick question. Does Spreaker have any uh future sharing platforms that they're going to work with, you know?
0: Um I mean, we are always open to to making connections with um other sharing platforms. It's just they're... As far as we know, we know right now that there's not a lot of other viable options. Um, You
1: know, the only one I think about, and you know, Vine, I don't think is even around any longer. So I don't know how it would work because it's primarily video, right? But um, and same with like Snapchat and things like that. But I just I know that there's those kind of up and coming ones that I don't know about. So I was wondering if you guys had, you know, I don't know any if there's any big kind of. Uh, social media platforms that maybe podcasters are using. I don't really know of any uh, myself. It,
0: yeah, I think m- most of the ones Snapchat probably. <laughs> is probably the biggest one uh, at, at this point, but they don't typically work with um, audio primarily. Right. They're, they're they're very visual, so that's kind of what you're up against a little bit too. Is that the younger generation that's using a lot of these tools um, typically are pretty pretty visual in their orientations. And as they get older, they, they they tend to gravitate more towards audio. Um, so th- that's why a lot of those platforms are not necessarily great for podcasting yet because that generation hasn't necessarily evolved into being big consumers of audio programming. Uh, but it's coming, I believe, anyway. Well, mm-hmm. well, Alex, we got some more feedback uh, from last week's episode. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. And Gail Nobles wrote us uh, – if uh, celebrities get popular with podcasting, do you think new people will stand a chance? New content creators? Um, are- I think so.
1: I think so, Gail, right? because there's already a ton of celebrities in the podcasting space and, th- and there's always new, uh, I guess you'd say hot podcasts th- that are launching. So I think so. I think there's I think there's room.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, news of Faith uh, asked a question, quality differs between hearing it on a computer with headphones versus listening to a cell phone with an app, if the episode sounds good from my end, I send it out. So she's just stating that, uh, she uses that as a, as a basis for whether or not she's going to put out an episode is how good it sounds. And she'll actually evaluate it based on, you know, listening in headphones or listening to her phone. If it sounds good, she'll send it out. And, and I also wrote back. Um, I prefer kind of um, doing both pre-recorded and um, live stuff because she also commented about um, doing live shows versus on on-demand on shows. And doing pre-recorded uh, has some advantages because you can do some post-production on things. Uh, but but live has a lot more of a community connection. That's kind of my position on it. I mean, if you can do both, it's actually. The best of both worlds, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just love the live option in Spreaker. So I always think anyone who's doing it live, it's just a little cooler. <laughs> they're, a little, yeah. they're a little more on the edge, so I like it. There's something yeah. about being live that's different from when someone pre-records. And, and when I hear someone who did it live and I hear the uh, on-demand version, I can tell they did it live. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I mean it, it's – You can feel the energy.
0: It is different. That's right. That's right. And we also got a comment from Linda Irwin, who wrote us about our episode 86, uh, the long or short of it. She goes, before beginning our shows, we discovered Tuesday and Fridays to be the best days to release a show. The best length that they found was about 20 minutes. She does comedy and music. They also like to put out the episodes in the morning Pacific time or early afternoon Eastern time, which kind of fits with terrestrial radio comedy and music time slots. And she says, glad to have found your channel. So I guess she considers our show to be a channel, Alex.
1: Cool. Yeah, I want to check out her show. I love comedy uh, and I like music. Yeah, uh, you know, she's I'm right with there with her. We've talked about this before. I love the 20 minute mark. I just did a show this morning about the whole political scene, what happened last night, and I tried to target 20 minutes. So I agree with her. I just for some reason, it does better for me. I, I just get more. I think when people look at the numbers, this happens on YouTube. You know, you Google how to tie a tie. One video is three minutes, the other one's thirty minutes. Which one are you going to click? <laughs> yes, yeah. it's, uh, it's the same yeah. thing. If I see a couple of podcasts that I'm interested in listening to, and I got twenty minutes, I'll click it. If it's an hour podcast, I don't
0: got an hour. This particular episode, we've gone like forty eight minutes or so. So wow, so, oh, oh man, we it's a long okay. one. It's a long one. Ooh, we had yeah. a lot to get in, though. Thank you so much for thanks for the comments. Doing the show. Alex with me, and thank you for the the comments. Um, Keep them coming, and we'll keep talking about them on the show. FM, that's www.klbp.fm. Hit the Submit button and
1: submit it, and someone will get back to you, and we'll listen to your show. We'll give it a good, honest listen. If it's something Ah. that we can play, we'll let you know.
0: Awesome. And if you want to send us a direct comment, you can send it to to me, rob at spreaker.com, and Alex, I believe it's alex at So You got it. Send him an email and uh, me as well, and we will read it on the uh, on the show and um, talk about it just like we, we normally do. But, uh, well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to have you back listening with us uh, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on SpreakerLiveShow.com.